All right, uh, Vince and Natalie, uh, what is the best food you've ever eaten? Ooh. Fried iguana on a large plate, <laughs> eaten by hand, with um, orchids, garnished with orchids. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've never had that. I'm kidding. Ah, okay. <laughs> what about you, Vince? Um, I'd have to say the thing I kind of go back and go for all the time when it comes to food is... Uh, there's a Korean dish called bibimbap that it's a it's a pretty awesome dish. It's I mean you you're cooking up a batch of rice and then it just seems like kind of whatever vegetable and produce leftovers you have from yesterday's meals you can kind of whip together and it's just like a really nice balance of proteins and veggies and starches. And, um, you can get it in dulcet bibimbap form where it comes out in a stone bowl that they cooked it in and it continues to cook it. And that works really well when they put a raw egg over it. Then when you stir everything up, it just kind of continues to cook the egg while you're eating it. But in the summertime, usually just go for the regular version just because I don't want all that extra heat. Damn, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so one time my mom accidentally ate some weed brownies that we made in high school. And then she invented something called savory pancakes. She made like spinach infused pancakes with fra- with like sauteed vegetables and like a hollandaise sauce, and it was awesome. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> How much did that cost? Channel. I don't know. Probably like four dollars of ingredients in like an hour of time. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Why do you ask, Chris, about our favorite, most delicious food? <laughs> oh, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, who are you? He is a boy. I'm Jeff Bezos. He's very thin. Amazon.com. I'm sure tomorrow. <laughs> so Caraway don't like himself. Jeff Bezos. So, welcome to Primeval Podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Perkins. And I'm Natalie Alsop Edwards. And we're joined by a guest today. Uh, Vince Johnson. Maybe you can introduce yourself. Hey guys. I am Vince Johnson. The Vince Johnson. <laughs> the Vince Johnson. <laughs> so, we're, uh, we're going to uh, stick to our uh, twice-monthly schedule that we've kind of sort of been doing, but uh, we're going to do one kind of shorter, more fun episode, and this is that one for March. So, uh, do you have a news item today, Natalie? Yeah, I have a kind of shorty, longy news story that a friend, Stan, alerted me to. So it's about Audible. Amazon owns a platform called Audible, which I'm sure y'all have heard of, that um, they sell audiobook, and they pay their authors per purchase. So when you sign up for Audible, you pay a monthly fee to use their platform. And it comes with one book credit per month. And you can use that book credit towards an audiobook. If you listen to more audiobooks, you pay for the others. But this is kind of the gist of how it goes, from what I understand. Um, y'all have heard of Audible? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. They're pretty big. Anyway, a lot of people don't know that they're owned by Amazon. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so there was kind of a big ordeal about this that I think is ongoing, but uh, we're going to kind of get into it. This is a long news bit, by the way. 
So anyway, they advertise a 40% share to their authors um, who have audiobooks exclusively on the Amazon website, which is actually pretty low, even in comparison to Google Books, which offers 50%. And then if, you, if you're not exclusive and you have your book on other platforms, they only give you 25%, so that's even lower. Okay, so of course, since they're the audiobook giant, authors tend to use them mostly on exclusive deals, blah, blah, blah. So then this thing happened, they changed their policy and they started offering um, what they call an easy exchange program on their platform. So if I was a user of Audible, you can buy an audiobook, listen to it, and return it at any point, however much you've listened to, regardless of how long you've listened to it, which kind of makes it a, a lending library for audiobooks, So, which make, would make sense if Amazon was taking the losses. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, it's so easy to exchange books. Get on our platform. We want to uh, have you pay for our platform so you can exchange your books. Yeah. Okay, which would make sense, except that they made the authors take the brunt of that. So if, okay, so you go, you buy an audiobook, and then you want to exchange it and you get a free one. And you think, oh yeah, that's just going to hurt Amazon because they're going to take that loss. No, here's what they did is they make the authors pay for that. So usually they pay the authors. Whenever you sell a book, you get paid for that. And then instead, they would subtract that return from what they were going to pay, which is crazy because it's, it's mostly as a promotion for Amazon. Okay, furthermore, they concealed this from the authors because what they were doing is um, they don't itemize their returns. So as an author, I would just look at my sales and it says like three, but really I sold seven and then four people returned them. So most authors weren't able to identify this until one day there was some sort of technical glitch and instead of it being a daily report, an entire month's worth of returns and exchanges were shown to the authors. And so a lot of people were, were seeing like negative 27 or something. <laughs> so they concealed, this, they concealed this return policy that totally hurts the authors in order to promote their platform. And then finally, all these authors were made aware of it because of this crazy glitch. And so hashtag AudibleGate became this like big thing where all of these authors came together to basically sue Amazon. And all of, uh, there was a lot of action against them. Anyway, it's just like very classic Amazon. Um, <laughs> right. And oh, that's wild. Yeah. So, okay. Then all these authors got mad and they asked to be shown the return data, which Amazon denied because they're concealing their analytics. What a surprise. <laughs> um, so since then, there's been a movement to hold Amazon accountable and a lot of authors want to leave, but they've been signed into seven year contracts. So they can't, even though this shady thing that wasn't in their original contract, according to the person I was reading about wasn't in their original contract, was a surprise tactic to get more people to sign up for Audible that ended up hurting authors. So all these authors are really pissed. And um, now Amazon has slightly tweaked their policy. Instead of 365 days to return, and in some countries, infinite time, they've changed the policy to only be seven days to return or swap an audiobook. But they still force the losses onto the authors even on those in, in that seven-day return period. So yeah, just like yet another really messed up way that Amazon extorts their creators for money. And a lot of these authors are like trying to boycott them, but are also tied into these seven-year contracts. And it's kind of a big mess. Wow. So yeah, there's the news. I feel like uh, 
you know, things like return policies and low prices and fast shipping and stuff, they're seen as good because the consumers, you know, consider like the most important part of the whole chain, at least like in messaging. Yeah, low prices are, are fine. And we, we've talked about this before, like in a past episode, but I, I, I'm not sure where you draw the line between customer service and treating your employees and your creators well. Well, yeah, you know? it's like, yeah, it's extremely short-sighted. Like yeah. they're just abusing these the creators that make their platform. And it's like, it's one thing if Amazon was like, oh yeah, you're not happy with this book purchase? Sure, we'll take it back and like we'll eat the cost as a platform. And we're going to like structure our platform so that that works for us financially. But instead, they just pass that loss onto their authors who are already like scraping by, you know, just like is so, and concealed it from them because of these transcripts or what you know that aren't itemized they don't even show returns they just show it as net zero or net one or net whatever instead of returns plus purchases which is i think is so shady wow <laughs> i'm glad yeah. that it was revealed because of some like they wouldn't have been revealed except that for there was this like month glitch which made the returns visible for the authors but otherwise it's really hard to tell like that's what they're saying i wonder wonder if it was a glitch or an internal employee playing a whistleblower like they have to know yeah Yeah. i mean that does seem like a because it's such an egregious thing to do i wouldn't be surprised if someone inside was like hey this is fucked up let me go ahead and have this glitch i don't know yeah and yeah at the very least if amazon was clear about it it would that would be better than than not. They still have all the power and yeah. like the whole market. And they're already not paying much. Right. Like, it's well, just it was so written greedy. in Spanish on the 300 page <laughs> of the user agreement right. that you signed. So, yeah. well, you didn't even sign it. You just clicked that you agreed. So. Yeah. Well, Man. yeah. And it's also crazy because like as a consumer, if I was a user of Audible, I'd be like, oh, Here's a here's like a, a loophole. Obviously, I'm just going to get free books. Probably it's going to harm Amazon. And you don't even think that it would be the specific authors because you're like, oh, Amazon probably pays for that. I'm going to exploit this glitch, which 50% of the books were returned under this policy. So like many people thought that. And they're just wrong because Amazon wrote it so that it actually hurts the authors. It's just like so mind boggling. Yeah. And I think, yeah, if if it did harm Amazon and I was a member of Audible, I would absolutely exploit that loophole. But it harms the authors instead, which is just sucks. Yeah. Well, and I have heard of people buying like a Ben Shapiro book or something and they'll copy the whole thing and then return it. And so regardless of, I don't want, <laughs> like, I'd love people to share, you know, these hacks, like all their books around everywhere illegally, all they want, but uh, a generous return policy that is placed solely on the author. Customers are definitely going to abuse that, whether yeah it's ethical or not. <laughs> yeah. And who, or, you know, whether know you deem it ethical. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the excuse people give about, like, pirating movies and stuff, like, Right. You know, the creators probably aren't affected that much by it unless the distributors make it that way. So Exactly. And it's so just like Amazon just does these things. They're like, oh, we could probably get away with this for a little while. We'll make some money. 
And then yeah. they do it until they get away with it. And it lasted a while. Like all of these authors weren't able to see that their books were being returned because of the way they also showed their payments. It's just like, ah, when are they going to stop trying to get away with shit? Like we have to really be <laughs> vigilant about it, apparently, or all of the people that work with them. Anyway. Yeah, totally. Well, the only way to make it to the top is smile while you kill. So Yeah. <laughs> and they've, they've perfected it. Oh, yeah, totally. totally. Oh, one last thing. They did call this issue, uh, it had a trending hashtag, hashtag AudibleGate, which I think was mostly on Facebook and Twitter. I didn't find anything on Instagram and other platforms, but um, it is still ongoing. A lot of authors are still losing money on this because they've only tweaked their policy. And um, though it's kind of been curbed a little bit, it's still a big issue. And Audible still has a lot of ways that they harm creators. So continue to not use them. <laughs> and if you want to buy a book or an audiobook from an author that you like, um, you can support them in from other platforms or in, and or encourage them to not use Audible because of these issues. So, so I was going to briefly mention that uh, on February 3rd this year, uh, Jeff Bezos stepped down as Amazon CEO and was replaced by the guy who is in charge of AWS. Um, I'm pulling Joff, his name right now. Jeff Bezos. Probably <laughs> not Jeff Bezos. Cafe <laughs> <Jeff> Bezos. <laughs> with hair. Nice right, with hair. Oh, this guy's name's even better than I remember. It's Andy Jassy mm. is now. Jassy and Bezos. <laughs> well, not now, but the third quarter. So, what's that, July? Uh, Andy Jassy will be the king of Amazon, and Jeff Bezos will step back into a uh, the role of executive chairman, which uh, I'll look into and see what that even means. I've heard speculation that Amazon, that Jeff Bezos is anticipating perhaps some antitrust action. Um, perhaps he's limiting his liability. Isn't the captain supposed to go down with the ship? Like, it's it's respectable. Yeah, well, anyway. Jeff Bezos won't ride his submarine to the bottom of the ocean to go find <laughs> oh, rocket yeah. parts. So <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think he's really into uh, the uh, doing anything cool. Or noble at the risk his... of his own well-being. <laughs> right. Yeah, but the least uh, I wonder... noble person. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to mention also that uh, there is currently a, a mail-in voting going on for a fulfillment center in um, Bessemer, Alabama. So I I saw this on February fifth. Yeah, it's a Bef Bessemer in Jefferson County, Alabama. There's a a fulfillment center there where a union outlet on on Twitter called at more perfect us and it's a more perfect union is this uh, media site and they said that they had heard through one of the union organizers that uh, Amazon was changing the uh, stoplights they collaborated with the city to change the stoplights there hmm. um, the city responded and this is what this not very deep rabbit hole, but I was trying to figure out if there was anything to that. So one union guy claimed that they saw a, a city truck or a county truck or something uh, parked by the uh, stoplight outside of the fulfillment center. 
and that uh, they went and talked to him, and he said he was doing a traffic study. The union uh, organizers claim that uh, the light changed after that day, and that change in the light, in the timing of the light, made it so it was harder for uh, union people to talk to people while they were waiting at the stoplight. So uh, they, they shortened the red light time, basically. That's the claim. Uh, the city of Bessemer, and this makes sense, they said that they don't even... That's not within the city limits, it's a county thing. And uh, the county claimed that they didn't have anything to do with it, that it's an automatic light. But there's people claiming that the light uh, time changed. Um, there was an accident, and it's, you know, it'd be, I think, kind of dumb to, because car accidents are super common all the time anyway. It'd be dumb to blame it on Amazon that this car accident occurred. Um, but anyway, it's something kind of interesting to think about. The uh, more blatant kind of negative things about Amazon and their union busting efforts, like I'm sure, Natalie, we've talked about the uh, their union video, their Whole Foods one, where they said yeah. they were not anti-union, but they were not uh, neutral either, that they... They want you to take any concerns up within the company. You can't... Actually, I read that you can get fired if you make a complaint publicly as an employee of Amazon. I was reading that in the boycotting research I've been doing. Interesting. Yeah, so Amazon, they are sending them like up to five texts a day about voting no on the union. Wait, Amazon is sending their employees five texts yeah. a day? Yeah, like five texts uh, a day. Saying apparently. like, don't unionize. Their, their Lord, internal don't propaganda unionize. machine. Yeah. Exactly. So a lot you know, of this... that's just proof that unions are effective. <laughs> like if this abusive corporation is like hey please please don't unionize it's like oh maybe that's basically the right this. thing to do yeah to protect yourself as an employee yeah yeah totally so a lot of this information comes from including the thing about the the streetlight comes from an outlet in alabama sorry i'm a little oh, confused ahead. about the streetlight thing um, oh yeah yeah maybe so people were trying to get union support at a street like crossing and they were like pulling over cars yeah so it was a light that standing was standing off to the side and okay and their like, hey, attention sign while my they petition. were parked at the stoplight okay. waiting. and yeah. then suddenly now that street light is much faster and they're unable to garner the same they're, they're unable to like solicit the number of people as they were before all right, this is Chris with a couple of updates. Uh, back when we recorded this, the light change that allegedly happened outside of the Bessemer a Fulfillment Center was being dismissed as a rumor or misreporting by More Perfect Union. Uh, turns out Jefferson County, the owner of the Powder Plant Road where the light change occurred, uh, confirmed that Amazon approached them with a request for a light change. The reason for the light change was ostensibly to clear more traffic during shift changes, and the county increased the maximum green time of the light. Amazon denied the claim as a rumor. There could have been a legitimate reason to change the light, but the facts are that it occurred right in the midst of a union organizing effort, and Amazon lied about it. Or, at the very least, they withheld the truth. I don't see why they would deny the rumors, as, as they called them, if it really was nothing but an innocent traffic flow issue. Also, we get into some speculation about union dues that we weren't totally familiar with. I'll just uh, go over those now. Now, I'm not aware of any source reporting exact dues that Bessemer employees would be obligated to pay, or at least the union ones, but a Saskatchewan branch of the retail wholesale department store union states that full-time employees pay 2% of their gross pay and dues, and 
part-time pay 2.55%. The part-time dues are limited, so they can't pay more than a full-time employee in a week if they work extra hours occasionally. That puts a full-time employee making $15.30 an hour at $587.52 per year or $11.30 per week. A part-time employee, 20 hours a week, would pay $374.54 per year or $720 per week. I also found a Walgreens agreement with uh, the RWDSU, same union, where they agreed to pay $14 every two-week pay period. So this isn't to say that the dues are totally insignificant, just to clarify and also to demonstrate that this really is Amazon's one argument against the union that might resonate with workers. Uh, finally, Amazon is a right-to-work state. And according to the NLRB, employees at a union-represented workplace don't actually have to join the union, even though every employee receives the same benefits, uh, union and non-union alike. So now back to the show. I'll start with some audio from a union-busting video that appeared briefly on Amazon's own Twitch. The videos were pulled. We'll talk about how we heard that. And it's true, they were pulled. Twitch claimed that they violated their rules related to political content on the platform, so... Here we go. We at the Birmingham team have a great leadership. We really don't need anyone coming in and telling us what they want to give us because basically we have everything we need here. Always want it to work for Amazon. This is the only place I've seen that have benefits from day one. There's no waiting period. You got chances to advance. Vote no for the union. I vote no. It's not needed. Vote no, we can do it without the dude. Wow, that is creepy. And poorly edited. <laughs> they, it, it's, it's nice that they didn't have any sound bites over like a second and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that's the only way they could get all of those things out is from 10 different sources and I'm surprised they didn't just use a different source for every word and just create <laughs> right. their own dialogue like, we really love working at Amazon. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is the best. Yeah, that's great. Gosh, that was horrible. It's sad, too. Like, some this lady saying she, she has always wanted to work at, like, Amazon. Like, whose <laughs> aspiration is that? I think yeah. that's a, hey, we'll give you $20 to read this card. <laughs> yeah. And then they just walk away. Sure. Because I don't think anybody would ever say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Certainly not at, like, some level that, I don't know. I'm sure maybe there's some higher up level where someone's like, oh, I'd love to work there. Because, I don't know. Most of the jobs, though, seem really awful. Yeah. Or they, just, or they asked as an interviewer, what is the last thing you would say about Amazon? <laughs> uh, probably that I've always wanted to work there. And they're like, that's great. That's perfect. We'll use that. Perfect. <laughs> and yeah. so they're, this is basically an ad for other Amazon workers saying, don't unionize because all you'll lose is, is your due, your union due. Right. That's so really I saw ridiculous. this on Twitter. It was someone talking about it this ad showing up on Twitch. So I don't know if the person was in Amazon the owns. Southeast region. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Twitch is owned by Amazon. It's interesting if this ad showed up for like your average person and they didn't target employees because like, again, only employees can vote I, for the unionization. I heard, I heard this mm. was coming out, 
and people started saying stuff about it, and then Twitch removed it. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which it was interesting because Twitch was owned by Amazon. Yeah. Well, Amazon. Yeah, they'll they'll face like a tiny bit of backlash for like some PR mistake, but I'm sure they get their money's worth. I bet this ad cost them like twelve dollars to make. <laughs> yeah, the poster, the poster board, <laughs> and the sharpie marker they used for the prompts. <laughs> Yeah, and 30 minutes of an editor's time. Wait, so they put, somebody made this ad and put it on Twitch and then it was removed from Twitch? That's what I saw uh, on a forum online that brought it up. Well, Mm -hmm. I'll try to find a, yeah, source for that and put it in the show notes. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's like. It's creepy. (laughs) Like I saw a lot of comments saying like, oh, she sounds like she's at gunpoint or whatever. And. It's like, well, she's not a professional, you know, she's just a worker. She's probably going to sound awkward and nervous, but but with the content and the context, it is creepy. You're never going to get an honest response if sure. yeah. it's a recording being made by the company yeah. that's wanting even, it. Even that aside, like, I think that uh, you could find people who are in an ideal situation there. Like, it's not... It's probably not bad for everybody. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, there's probably a lot of people who enjoy that job. Like I'm sure $15 at Amazon beats $15 at Carl's Jr. or something, or like, I mean, I don't know, like maybe to some people, but, um, it just shows like kind of the tenuous nature of these things, like their healthcare, their benefits are not that good. Like when they went to $15 an hour a few years back, they took away a stock option benefit that they'd get. They equaled it out in some way. Right. Where yeah, they weren't yeah. actually having to spend extra. Yeah. And so like a union, like ideally, you know, or even not ideal, just like typically a union will help you keep those benefits, um, hopefully improve the health plan and uh, will make it harder for Amazon to automate away jobs. Is the, yeah. I'd be the this- hope. As if I was a worker, I would see this commercial and be like, oh my god, my employer is is so Desperate. old against unionizing. Yeah. <laughs> I should absolutely do that. Yeah. They're freaking yeah, it, out. This is obviously working. Yeah. 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 I don't see how this is a like a net positive. Like, yeah, I think the ad would turn more people off. Just like that Whole Foods video with that terrible animation. Yeah. That we've talked about. I don't know. It just makes me creeped out, like, thinking of brainwashing your employees to feel like they are, like, so lucky to have this job. And, like, and maybe in some ways they are because it's hard to get a job in the pandemic except for at Amazon. Um, I just found this this article because I searched for Amazon Union or something. So on the 21st, which is, like, seven days ago, is this article where Amazon is offering a $2,000 resignation bonus so to prevent unionization because there's going to be yeah, the just to get soon. you to quit yeah so they're like oh don't even we'll give you two thousand dollars just to quit so you can't vote to unionize which is like that's insane playing on they're people's so like immediate yeah. immediate sense of urgency and totally. wanting money and then on top of that to be like oh you don't you'd have to be paying union dues they're, they're like so creative and so evil it's such a terrifying combination it says here, uh, under federal labor law, the bonuses, these resignation bonuses, like $2,000, uh, the bonuses could be considered a bribe and could lead to the union election being thrown out. So, which huh. presumably that means they could try to vote again, but 
that seems like it's more in favor of Amazon for yeah, they'd be happy. It's like getting yourself a mistrial by like God, you know, making a big ruckus in a courtroom. Like they need to get in trouble. (laughs) Like this is just about this is just crazy. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. All the videos are running with this hashtag. Do it without dues. Um, and they're it, like, it's buy like, a TV on Amazon instead of paying exactly. dues. Like, go ahead and be a consumer instead of protect your, your job. Yeah, we'll bring you, uh, like, Chipotle for lunch every fifth Friday of every... <laughs> Thank you for your hard work. Here's a Reese's Peanut Butter <laughs> Cup coupon you can redeem. For a free audiobook on audible.com. Yeah, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, maybe labor unions cost some money. I don't know what the dues are. Is it really $500? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Even if that's the case, you're probably going to get a lot more money on a yearly basis for what the union can fight for you. For sure. And just job protections. Like, as an Amazon driver, you don't have to, like, pee in a bottle instead of, like, risk taking a break to go, like, actually find a restroom, which I've heard of claims of that. You know, like, there's a bunch of abuses that they take that I'm sure the benefits are just, like, way more than $500 worth. worth. The, yeah. the constant humiliation and abuse. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Uh, Delta just did something similar with their employees and their employee union. Uh, they put up posters with their with their branding on it and everything on Delta uh, letterhead saying basically uh, union dues are like six hundred dollars. That's like a PlayStation Five. Wouldn't you rather have a PlayStation Five? <laughs> hey, we'll give it's you like, a PlayStation really? Five to not unionize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we'll find out March 29th if they're able to unionize. Good luck to them. Awesome. So I have a little bit of news. It's I'd heard wind of an Amazon dating app. I looked into it. Turns out it is a fake dating app, but it's pretty hilarious. It's a website that looks exactly like Amazon Marketplace, <laughs> but instead of selling items, they pretend to be selling people for a date. <laughs> um, they have different price points. Again, don't give them the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody's made this website, though. It's it's very aesthetic (laughs) identical to the marketplace so each quote-unquote item has a full description photos even hilarious reviews but it's of people like you're gonna date them so the fake reviews refer to the people as like a unit or products (laughs) and list their issues or the things that were good about them so i recommend looking at this um i'll send a link in the discord chat amazondating.co um so there's several there's several tabs at the top of the page just like amazon it's like deal of the day when i clicked on deal of the day it's a listing to have a date with cookie monster okay (laughs) and then there's like a help page that's that links to a wiki how of how to unhook a bra so that's great um don't see what you're looking for links to a netflix weirdly i don't know and then prime video is um chat roulette do y'all remember mm. that? Oh chat yeah. Roulette? Okay, yeah. So you like get you get into a video chat with somebody random. Usually they're masturbating. <laughs> Whatever. And then, <laughs> and finally, um, your last relationship link links to a YouTube of the toxic song by Britney Spears. <laughs> so Aww. that was cute. Yeah. It's a fake website. Some creators made this, and it's pretty funny. It's very thorough. 
It's a good okay. play on something right. potentially terrifying. May they never do a dating app. <laughs> yes, thank you for saying that. Yeah. For sure. Vince, one thing we we've tried to remember to do uh, is uh, ask our guests what their relationship with Amazon is. Like, what is like the last thing that you've purchased on Amazon, if ever? Hmm. Like it was a it was a car thing, like a like an overhead net that you can attach to the oh shit bars in your car <laughs> and it's kind of like a net hammock for storing stuff in while you go car camping oh nice cool you could keep like a cat up there while you're driving <laughs> get in the way uh, our cat our cat surprisingly is the the only cat i've ever known that can ride in a car without a, a pet carrier Totally oh, wow. <laughs> that is a rare, rare cat. Going, yeah, it makes going to the vet way easier. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. So do you generally try to avoid Amazon or like what's your... As much as possible, which just got a lot more difficult because my job now involves a lot more online purchasing. So I have to avoid it twice as much now. Wow, yeah. What, uh, what kind of inspired you to avoid Amazon? What was the last straw, I guess? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, in all honesty, probably chatting with Natalie back in the day in the shop, hanging out. We used to pass the time talking about <laughs> the woes of the world. <laughs> and one thing leads to another when you're talking about the world going bad. Eventually, you're going to get to Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, one of the main contributors. <laughs> yeah, that paired with uh, the whole coronavirus epidemic that we've been experiencing has really kind of opened my eyes to a lot of companies as well. And like to seeing them reap in billions of dollars while the public is just insanely struggling. It doesn't leave a very sweet taste in your mouth. So I'm, I'm sick of supporting this overbloated giant when there's plenty of local shops and even not so local shops, but companies that are bigger, but have have a better track record, I guess. Mm. Yeah, like sometimes it is just choosing the lesser of the evils, you know, right? Like shopping at yeah. Target isn't much better, but at least it's not Amazon, you know? Yeah, even even uh, Walmart, like, yeah, they're Ugh. awful, but at least they employ people locally. Unless you're like an Amazon sure. town that just supports one like fulfillment center or whatever. Yeah, that's that's just the thing. It's just about every major city is a an Amazon town now, <laughs> even Salt yeah. Lake. I feel like oh, yeah. a lo in a lot of ways, Walmart kind of paved the way for Amazon in terms of like their cutthroat marketing oh yeah they wrote the book like, on how to be a horrible yeah. company and now <laughs> now that amazon's bigger than them they're like following they're now like riding amazon's coattails and like imitating some of their some of their things so i feel like they're just as bad but yeah at least at least they will employ people locally like such a minor thing to this, this is all this is all interesting though because it's like amazon is kind of also the result of the success of sears and, yeah, yeah. And Sears I, had distribution all over the United States, um, lots of locations, and kind of one of those stores that sold a little bit of everything. They just didn't get their act together on time to really push the, the online selling. And that's where Amazon stepped in and just like totally dominated that market. And look what happened to Sears. But yeah. I don't remember yeah. having such a bad view of Sears at the time. Maybe it's because we didn't hear a lot about how Sears employees were being treated. 
Yeah. And well, I don't know if I don't know if it was a good company or a horrible company, but it it just did leave the same the same feelings for me for some reason. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I was a kid in the heyday of Sears. I think for one, but I do remember my parents kind of you know being like, oh, crappy department store, or you know, like let's avoid that, even though we sometimes did go there for certain things. But yeah, I that's wonder really too. Interesting. Yeah. I guess malls back in the day and companies like Sears were our equivalent of Amazon problems at the yeah. time. Yeah, I think so. And they just were, it was just on a smaller scale, but led um, other companies to be able to grow in that same way. I'd, I'd like to look into it more, cover it maybe in a future episode, because yeah, you can, it used to be that you could buy like a, a Model T and like a... Sears and Roebuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you could buy like anything from their catalog. You could um, have a pre-made house that would be shipped out to you by train exactly. car and you would assemble <laughs> oh, wow. it. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's fascinating. And you wonder what aspects of Amazon's business are just inherently harmful and like how they'd apply to Sears and what what's unique to Amazon. But Right. And again, like malls, like I don't think anyone really likes malls, but at least they employed locals and... There was opportunity for small, yeah. Well, yeah, you can support at least unique businesses, like... It'd be interesting to see how many employees worked at a mall at the time, an average Mm -hmm. size mall from the local community versus how many local Amazon drivers there are, fulfillment workers, but they're also automating everything now. So it's like Amazon's doing everything it can to not have workers anymore. (laughs) To employ fewer and fewer, even though that's the one thing that they're like, look, we employ people. Like We employ people that are cheaper than robots for now. (laughs) For now. (laughs) While we make robots behind the scene. We, we've talked about ILSR a lot, like they do a lot of reports about Walmart and Amazon dollar stores. They're about, they're kind of a small business booster organization in a way, but they, uh, they did a report in 2015 that showed that it appeared that for every one Amazon job, for every one job that Amazon created, uh, three jobs were five. lost. In, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, um, I can believe that. It's interesting too, thinking like about consolidation of shopping historically anyway. Like there was no such thing as supermarkets. You would go to multiple different small vendors to buy different stuff for like groceries, even like the meat guy or the bread people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then and then supermarkets, a dedicated bakery and a dedicated butcher yeah. shop. And like I I even in my lifetime, I remember a German friend coming to visit, and she was like oh my gosh, y'all's grocery stores are huge. We are, our supermarket is like the, you know, neighborhood store that we would, you know, it's the size of a neighborhood store in the States. It's just like the comparison. And now that's, I'm sure, more and more common to have giant supermarkets worldwide. Absolutely. Yeah. Have, have you been into, have you been into Salt Lake City's Costco yet? It's <laughs> yeah, like one the of the biggest, biggest Costco's I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is actually the biggest one that they, that exists, I think. That, that gives you a, a look into our future because I do remember <laughs> little tiny stores that we still considered big box stores. Like I remember Walmarts before they became super Walmarts and added groceries. And yeah, yeah it's, totally. it's strange. I, I walked into one in Texas once that hadn't upgraded and it was so bizarre. It <laughs> felt so small and tiny and strange just because we, we acclimated to the, that upscaling. 
Yeah, and shoppers, you get used to, like, ha- you know, the one-stop shop, going to one place for every single thing. And um, ha- Amazon's just, like, the next iteration of that, I guess. Yeah, especially especially since they acquired uh, Whole Foods. It's like, now we do grocery slash home insurance slash <laughs> buy a whole house kit so that you can make a house. <laughs> oh, my God. Which I haven't yeah. checked, but it wouldn't surprise me if you could buy a house on Amazon. <laughs> it would be horribly made. <laughs> yeah, like uh, an Amazon basic house. Yeah, but... you can. Prefab house, Amazon.com. Sorry, uh, I had to look it oh. up. <laughs> hey, there's a house. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's... There's one of the sauna. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell that is, but it came up. It's a Snuggie that is a sauna <laughs> as well. That you can stick your hands out of. It looks, yeah. Wait, is this so a silly. sauna or like a campsite? It pooper? says personal spa sauna. <laughs> okay. Indoor awesome. per- ion portable indoor personal spa. So for our <laughs> listeners, it is a how would y'all describe this? Uh, it's, it's like basically a, a small tent for yeah, a human to sit in with holes for your hands and your head to stick out. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a snuggie and then you're like sitting inside of this like weird silver structure. Tent. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. Okay. Anyway, that came up during the house search, which you can buy. <laughs> you can buy prefab, many prefab houses on Amazon. So now you know. Oh my gosh. Just like Sears. Yeah, just like Sears. <laughs> Good for them. They finally reached the heights of Sears. Um, well, I just think it's interesting to acknowledge the difficulties, especially like with your changes in your work that require you to order more stuff online. Why is it so difficult? Or it's just interesting to articulate. Can I ask what types of things you... uh... Well, because it's a fabrication shop, it could be anything from tools, tool parts, hardware, glue, any any supplies needed for Mm -hmm. a shop environment. And it's getting harder and harder to find exactly what I need locally. Especially if it's specialty stuff. I'm sure a lot of that's because of like a lot of local shops not being able to compete against Amazon having to close up. Totally. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Is there any pressure from like your bosses and stuff to find the lowest price or like, you know, not they have an all, Amazon thankfully. Prime account or something? Oh, that's good. Oh, the yeah, they do have an Amazon account that makes it really easy to deal with them and work with them. But luckily, there isn't any pressure on me price-wise, at least not yet. Um, The only pressure that I could see come up is the whole time issue. Like, do I need it in two days or am I okay to wait three weeks for it to come in or one week? Um, So some things are more critical than others. It's just going to, I think, I think I just need to practice planning out ahead more so that it doesn't matter if something takes quite a while to ship. If it's coming from a smaller company that's not Amazon. Yeah, I think planning's a big. I read that Vice actually made a post recently about boycotting Amazon, which I thought was cool. And mm, one of the things yeah. they said was like, oh, one way to do it is just change your schedule, your purchases, or like think ahead about the things you need to buy. That's what we used to have to do before two yeah. days shipping. <laughs> it's it, it that possibility exists. But I also understand, I mean, especially like at the, on your job at the university, maybe there's like a student who like has a deadline and, you know, they're idiots. So they (laughs) push it to the last minute. So there's, 
I, I do know there's reasons, but yeah. I think or it's finals week and I need to replace a part on this tool like yeah, now. Yeah, some bit broke or something, yeah. Or it's awkward when you go to a company's website, say a specific tool maker's website, you need a replacement part. They don't have it in stock, but Amazon does. Yeah. Like that's super frustrating so when crazy. when you're left in a situation like that. Yeah, and you even like try to go to the manufacturer. Like I'm trying to support the company. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's definitely um, it's difficult for sure. The last thing I bought was a on Amazon was a like a specialty tool that I asked at Ace if I could order it there, and probably should have just done that. But I was moving, and it would have taken yeah, like you three find weeks, and yeah, your your alternative option is to like drive all over town, going to a yeah. bunch of stores, seeing who has what, and then it's like, am I helping? <laughs> the environment by all of this driving around to get the thing it's not convenient but uh calling i've like i've called stores to ask them if they have stuff and it's it's tricky when i'm shopping visually yeah if you yeah <laughs> trying to describe something to <laughs> someone over the phone you need a tool that has a, a ball on the end and it has a swoop on top and yeah <laughs> It's, it's creeping into our lives as like an evil necessity. Yeah. And it's super unfortunate. It's kind of like, it's kind of like trying to save the, the mail industry by not using email or text messages. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's tricky. Yep. It's, it's going to take a lot of creative thinking to work around something that we've become so accustomed to. But luckily, we are still at a transition point where there still are alternative stores to Amazon to mm -hmm. pick from. Yeah, it might not be as convenient to maybe cold call these places or to drive around to them, but maybe we should be upping the amount of that we do to stem Amazon just taking over 100%, and then we have no options. Yeah. But it also, like, with, like, any major issue, I think individual choices are good and important, and they make me feel better. I think people should do what they can, but it... It's really going to take, you know, uh, political change, yeah, a the systemic movement. change yeah. that actually makes sense. And and it's happened in the past. Antitrust yeah. has happened in the past. Big, like, social revolutions have happened in the past. There's, yeah, it you know, maybe things. Taking action <laughs> right. And also pressuring other people who have more power than them to mm -hmm. also take action. Yeah. I was, I'm glad to hear, Vince, that the university isn't pushing you to buy from Amazon because I've heard of that. Um, I have a pen pal in prison who says that they're not able to receive books unless I buy it through Amazon and have it shipped to them. I've, I have seen that with prison rules as well. Yeah, and it's state to, I'm sure it's prison to prison or state to state. The one I saw, it, it did require any books being sent to a prisoner to come from a reputable bookseller like Amazon.com, right. Abe Books, uh, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> like I've, I've seen them where they offer multiple companies. Maybe it's just a really lazy prison and it's just like, yeah. we don't want to have to look through multiple things. So one well, company is good. Yeah, and I think, I mean, just that they're recommending that and even like that group has the power to be like, actually, we're boycotting Amazon for whatever reason, which obviously a prison's not going to do that. But just the fact that these people in a certain position to make that decision favor mm -hmm. Amazon, that's the type of thing. Like they're probably buying and selling or like a lot of books go, go through that yeah. go through that system and, you know, that type of shit is. It was, it was a bummer when they picked up Abe books, though. 
Yeah. Because Abe Books was a pretty awesome used bookseller online. It was pulled into the fold. And they still continue to use that name and it appears mm-hmm. like an indie book. Like they have a couple of indie booksellers that they've bought. They just kept that branding. Yep. You That's get tricked get by you. it. I accidentally bought something from one of them or like was about to. And I was like, wait, is this owned by Amazon? You got to look because they're <laughs> going to trick you into giving them money. Well, it's, it's kind of like on par with just about every food item in a grocery store now Yeah, is produced by like five different companies that just yeah, own totally. all of those smaller companies now. They have different branding. Same with the dairy. It's all, everything's becoming so monopolized. It's tragic. Yeah. Big problem. Well, um, yeah, I guess we're ready for Bezos watch. Yeah. Yeah. Bezos fat. I have a boring Bezos fact is that I was looking into where Jeff Bezos grew up, which was Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s, white people in Albuquerque typically are there because of atomic bomb testing. And turns out that's true for Bezos as well. And his granddad worked for an atomic test facility before retiring to West Texas. So you're saying genetically he is the product of someone who was supposedly irradiated? And yeah, potentially. Jeff Bezos is the, the next evolution of humanity? I think more important than the irradiation, hered- hereditariness, whatever, things that are inherited by radiation, <laughs> is that he probably inherited a disdain and or hatred for humanity, which would go along with working on atomic bombs. (laughs) Something we happen to have in common, though, is that his granddad retired in West Texas, and so did my granddad, who also Hmm. happened to work for the government in the city. Bombs can destroy one city at a time. Amazon can destroy them all at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a Bezos fact. He also bought a large tract of land in West Texas to use as a launch and test rockets and stuff like for Blue Origin. Oh, so that's my yeah. Bezos granddad's, fact. Continue on granddad's work. Yeah, yeah. Gran- granddad's connection to West Texas. So This yeah. nuclear bomb brought to you by Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on to... You have a fact or some visualization, Chris? Well, so... For the wealth report, I looked it up today on uh, the Bloomberg Billionaire Index, and it says that as of February 26th, yesterday, 2021, Jeff Bezos has a net worth of $180 billion. So that is a year-to-date change of minus $10.7 billion. No, that's Poor too guy. bad for him. The last change, which is like a daily measure they do, is minus 5.55 billion, so pretty volatile right now. But uh, with that number, 180 billion, I was thinking about, you know, you can think about the obscene things that wealthy people do with their money. One thing that we all do is eat, and I'm assuming... Jeff Bezos is not eating luxury meals for every, you know, I I imagine that on a typical day, Jeff Bezos probably spends about as much money as I do, give or take, you know, 50 bucks or whatever, you know, like people only eat so much, but I wanted to know. There's only the most expensive steak is still only like some number. It's not going to be like $8,000. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably, but I did find, (laughs) I looked up, uh. I wanted to see what the most expensive meals 
that you could possibly get would be. And I wanted to look up uh, what the most expensive possible meals would be. That if you went complete luxury, the most uh, extravagant food you could possibly get, how much would that cost? Personally, one time in grad school, I saved up my stipend and went to the highest rated sushi place in, in New York City with my friend who's a corporate attorney, so he could afford it. Hold on just a sec. Lie down. Anyway, this place, their omukase, like the thing where you go sit at the bar and a sushi chef makes you sushi in front of you, is somewhere on the order of like $250 a person. That's something that I would maybe let myself do if I could afford it every decade or so. It just seems like it was a cool experience, but, you know, I wouldn't do that all the time. But, uh, so, like, $250 per person, I wanted to see or what, what things could beat that. So, I just found this Yahoo Finance article, and uh, they have like a dozen different things. So I picked a few that sounded interesting. So I'll start with the thing called the Fortress Stilt Fisherman Indulgence, which is a dessert that costs $14,500. <laughs> so it is, it requires 24 hours notice minimum. It uh, features Italian cassata, which is a kind of like shortbread cake flavored with Irish cream, and it's served with a pomegranate and mango compote. The base is a champagne sabayon, which is like a custard-type thing, I think. It's adorned with an 80-carat aquamarine stone placed beneath a handcrafted chocolate stilt fisherman. I'm so, rolling my eyes. <laughs> like, I think that adding, Sounds like... like a money-laundering scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We put gold leaf on this cake here. <laughs> exactly. Like, I think that's kind of cheating. You know, you, you put in, of like, course. a precious gem... And the poor servant that has to hold the screen. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but it's at the Fortress Resort and Spa in Sri Lanka. So with that $14,500 price tag, Jeff Bezos could afford to eat that uh, every day for 12.86 million years. <laughs> <laughs> for every okay. meal? Uh, just once. Oh, just once. But, right. you know, it'd be like $4 million, uh four plus million years if he ate it for every meal. Oh my gosh. Uh, and he'd live in Sri Lanka, which I've heard is a very cool place. But uh, the next thing is called the Louis the 13th pizza. This costs uh, $9,315.71. I, I don't know why they... It's probably the exchange rate at the time because it's at uh, a place in uh, Salerno, Italy. Renato Viola is the place. So, okay. It's a pizza, the Louis XIII pizza, uh, made by one of Italy's best master chefs, and it has sophisticated toppings such as mozzarella di bufala, which is like the the classic fresh mozzarella that you'd get in like Naples, I guess. It's got lobster and caviar all flown in from different parts of the world. To top it off, the feast is served with Remy Martin cognac Louis XIII and champagne Krug... Uh, it's, I'm not going to read that. It's French. But uh, so this has no gold leaf on it, and it costs $9,315.71. For okay. one pizza? Yes. So, Ew. okay. Now, Jeff but Bezos. But it is a 16-inch, so, you know, 
Right. <laughs> it's a there good you go, value. <laughs> Comes good with value. free endless breadsticks. <laughs> Lobster so... and caviar? Like, I don't mm, know. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't sound okay. that good to me. I think caviar, I don't like it. I don't like I don't it. Know if... I, don't, I don't really like lobster. I know that, like, that's kind of hot take, but... <laughs> well, but I mean, like, I think if you did like caviar to enjoy it, you'd want pretty much just Lobster caviar, with it, right? duh. No, you're <laughs> just, just, yeah, just caviar on, like, a, yeah, a pearl spoon. Deep fried and with marinara and ranch. But yeah, ranch on caviar. That's, that's the way to go. <laughs> God, what a waste. The common man's food. Okay. <laughs> so Bezos could afford to give all 420,000 people in Salerno, Italy, 46 of these pizzas. Okay. I got two more. Well, what a cheapskate. <laughs> I know. God, don't you have any money, Jeff? Good Lord. <laughs> so... Uh, so this is called the, it's at the Industry Kitchen in New York. It's called the 24, capital K with an asterisk, pizza. This is $2,700. Okay, this pizza has Stilton cheese, foie gras, platinum, ocetra, caviar, truffles, and they cheated again with 24 carat gold leaves to top it off. So $2,700. Jeff Bezos could afford to buy one of these for every single New Yorker every day for a week, and he'd have enough money left over to eat it for every meal himself for about three million years. So, yeah, every single person in New York could have this luxury pizza every day for a week. I think his eyes are bigger than his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, the zillion dollar lobster frittata. Which is Wait, uh, also zillion? In New York. Zillion, zillion, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they have sold four of these. <laughs> Eight dollars and fifty cents. It's at Norma's in New York. This costs two thousand dollars. It's an omelet. Yeah, it's a frittata. So it's like an omelet with uh, ten ounces of Savruga caviar variety of caviar which is a big factor in the price so and if you eat it all in one sitting it's free <laughs> if you can eat 10 ounces of caviar in <laughs> one sitting if you can not vomit when you eat 10 <laughs> ounces of caviar that 10 ounces is like two-thirds of a pound about <laughs> like that's mm. crazy amount of caviar but um it's five-eighths of a pound i should say Okay, if Bezos spent all his wealth on nothing but these frittatas, he'd be able to consume about half of all the caviar that Russia produces in a year. So, wow, this has been an in-depth visualization. <laughs> I Yeah, I had fun learning about all the expensive foods you could get. And most of them involve <laughs> gold and caviar. So it's like, <laughs> like, what am I missing? Not much, apparently. <laughs> Hey, um, eat some. You're missing some gold on your morning <laughs> crumpets. Like, if you took the gold off and put it like in your wallet while you were, you'd be, that'd be what I would do. Yeah, that's pretty lowbrow there. <laughs> Digest they, that. They'd ask you to leave for sure. We, we may need you to leave the restaurant, sir. <laughs> now, Natalie, you sent the uh, that photo of Jeff Bezos eating an iguana. Ties in with this a bit. Jeff Bezos does eat weird food. Apparently that was at a uh, Explorers Club dinner uh, in New York. 
This dinner included jellyfish salad, crickets, tarantulas, cockroaches. So, wow. I guess like well, a temper. Even the richest people can't. Mutated yeah. stomach can't <laughs> digest normal human food. So, understand. I also. I also read, looking for his favorite foods, I read that a story about him eating an, a breakfast octopus during a meeting. He ordered a, like, Mediterranean breakfast octopus. <laughs> so there you go. He's an adventurous oh, eater. <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but I've read that uh, squid is quite sustainable. So if you like squid, then, oh. then go for it. But, you know, octopuses are, like, they don't reproduce really smart. Yeah. They're yeah. super smart, and yeah, I think anyone why Yeah, just like, I, that would I wouldn't be... eat octopus. They're pretty widely available, but like, I would not eat that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the first lines that someone might draw if they were trying to be ethical about eating animals that can think. Oh, so, anyway, yeah, wow, breakfast octopus, what a... Well, when you reach his level, normal food just doesn't cut it anymore. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. What's he spending his money on? He's spending a billion dollars a year on Blue Origin. You know, day to day, I don't know. He just talk about this endlessly. Dollar sandals. Who cares? Yeah. But there's no reason why why one person needs so much money. Because if you can afford to eat, he's obviously earned it from the (laughs) the the three problems he works on per day. Exactly. Uh, yeah. After he sleeps in in the morning. Right. Busy man. Yeah. Yeah. He is probably Amazon's least productive employee. <laughs> well, should we move on to a reviews game? Yeah, let's do it. Vince, I've chosen something that I believe that you like. And I'm going to read a couple one star reviews and see if you can guess what it is. Awesome. Obviously, they're one star reviews for so everyone's like pissed off. I bought these for my husband because they were cheaper than the actual blank website. Very disappointed. Dot, dot, dot. Okay, next review. I just got these blank, and I've never worn them yet, and the stitching on the sides is already coming off, and there's still a security tag on it. Okay. (laughs) I bought these for my husband. They were exactly what he wanted, except they're big enough for two of him. I did the proper measuring process that they recommended. Um, they were big and unwearable, and I had to pay for shipping to return them. If I could give zero stars, I would. Next review. I've used these for over 20 years till now. What a shame. Not even as thick anymore. Until some pansy decides to incorporate spandex. Okay, new re- next review. The new is far from improved. Screwdriver pockets on the left, hammers on the right, pockets are too shallow. Next review. I don't know what human these over these sorry blank were made to fit. <laughs> Fuck, I ruined it. I have owned many blank over the past forty years and have been satisfied with their consistent size and quality. This is no longer the case. The shoulder straps are way too long, and the depth is shallow in the front pockets. Perhaps they're spending too much time on marketing fashion wear instead of workwear. Blank changed the blank to a more stylish design. The pockets are shallow. The material doesn't seem the same added a cell phone pocket i sent both pairs back and i told the customer service if it ain't broke don't fix it i'm sure they'll be getting a lot of complaints from working people who want tough and blank a tough blank and not a yuppie pantsuit can you guess that 
Carhartt overalls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel attacked. I'm wearing. No, I love Carhartt. Okay, one. Do you, do you have a camera in here, Natalie? <laughs> <laughs> I just know you, <laughs> or you know, know that you wear those. And I honestly think if you buy some on Amazon, they might even be from a different producer. I don't really know because I've heard that sort of thing of like Fake. Walmart <laughs> pressuring. I, I heard one specific story about Walmart and Minute Maid Instant Lemonade where they like they were like, hey, we're, we're your biggest buyer. Therefore, we can strong arm you. We need this to be 20 cents a unit versus 50 cents. And so Minute Maid's like, oh, well, we will go under if we can't sell to you. So we just add water to our Minute Maid. And now it's cheaper, even though it's objectively shittier product. And I wonder if that's what's happened to Carhartt. Do you have any opinions? That or current fashion trends. I feel Carhartt becoming designer wear. Anytime you have workwear uh, catch the eye of fashionistas, uh, you risk it going down in quality as sure. they want to sell more of them. And obviously the intended market no longer needs them to be stronger. They just need to kind of look the same. Sure. Um, but I also wouldn't doubt it with the, with the kind of volume Amazon sells of any product. I'm sure they have the potential to strong arm that company or risk losing a bunch of sales. It's unfortunate because it's funny too, like all the reviews I read were like, I've been wearing these for 35 years. I bought two pairs, material too thin, pockets too shallow. I'm mad. And it's like, why have they, why did they have to change it after like 35 or whatever years of quality product? Well, so. I'll tell you the same thing that gets Jeff Bezos up every morning. Money, money, money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. What was the review about the hammer and the screwdriver uh, loops pocket. being on the... Were they transposed? Like, did they used to be on the opposite side and now I this guess, guy's mad? <laughs> like, yeah, he was saying that they switched the sides of the pockets and now they're also too shallow, so... Sounds like something a lefty would do. <laughs> yeah, or like, just redesigning it without thinking about the functionality of the hammer pocket. Like, where do you need a hammer pocket? Do you need a hammer prop, you know? Or yeah, like I'm I'm sure that there's like wise design decisions there, but I, I like the idea of someone it take like them never getting used to the hammer being on the opposite side. Like they look down <laughs> on the right side and it's not there and that's just ruined their day. Yeah. Well, and and it's I do think it is really annoying to be like you you love these one type of work pants that you've ordered. Yeah for yeah, your entire is... life and then suddenly it's an, like the same model number they were referring to like this model number and now that is just a different design would be really infuriating and I understand that personally I found it it's hard to find jeans as a as a gal you know because you have different measurements and everything mm-hmm. and I found these one pair of jeans that I used to buy from American Apparel which was bought out and now is made in China or wherever and the des- the model that I used to like to wear they don't exist anymore because they've changed it for fashion and cheapness. And it's just like, I get it. It sucks. Very mm. Boy. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that makes sense. Moral um, of the story is just don't fall in love with any products anymore yeah. because they <laughs> will disappoint own you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us. I hope. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, Thanks, Vince. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, you know, 
buy local, shop local, support local. Um, rather than buying any old sticker off of Amazon that are probably honestly stolen from legitimate designers who aren't being compensated for their artwork, uh, if you live in the Salt Lake metropolitan area, uh, hit up any of our local cool shops and you may just run into a local artist sticker machine run by a really, really cool person I know. Um, <laughs> your, your chances of, of scoring some awesome local art is, is really, really good. So I highly <laughs> recommend supporting uh, local artists and local businesses with just the purchase of a sticker or two. Wow. Wow, thanks That's for awesome. plugging my project, Vince. <laughs> what? You do that? <laughs> and also, as a, a, a nice little plug-in, all of your local libraries, if it's, if it's books, movies, audiobooks, check your library first because you would be surprised what they get in. They get in all the, all the new movies, lots of documentaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They try to get as many audiobooks as they can. If not, they at least offer audiobook streaming services, but it's still free through your city library. Yeah, is there any reason, like honestly, I, I'm not into audiobooks. Is there any reason to use Audible over it's over well, overdrive, right? Like we mentioned before with like specific contracts and stuff, like there's probably instances where certain authors through their publishing company maybe has a contract with audible or amazon and they're an exclusive on there yeah, yeah. then you won't be able to hear them anywhere else yeah that, but yeah i mean that's the same as like a netflix exclusive like sure. you can only see this movie or show on netflix yeah yeah so it's like that that can be tricky but maybe those particular authors and publishing companies, maybe they need a good little boycott too to reprioritize how they run their business. Sure, yeah. Well, um, thank you for listening. This has been Prime Evil Podcast with your host, Natalie Alsop Edwards. And Chris Perkins. You can find our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash prime underscore evil. You can find us on Twitter at prime underscore evil underscore pod. You can find me, Natalie, on Instagram at natalie underscore C-A-E. And you can find me on uh, Instagram at, uh, at Serial Flakes Media. And as and... always, continue to boycott Amazon and all their subsidiaries. Yeah, including Audible. <laughs> oh, Alexa, end show and roll credit.